Christmas secrets, like jewels, they become uncovered. Do you really know the people around you? This could be quite jarring. Hi, and welcome to the Dark Christmas Tales Advent Calendar. This tale is called Stuffing, written by Angela Blythe and read by the author. I love living in the country now. It was originally my husband's idea, and at first I wasn't keen. However, he kept going on about how good it would be for us and the children we planned to have. Craig had always worked in the city, but had come from the country, so I understood why he might want to get back there. I had always been a city girl, but I could see the benefits that he was talking about. It seemed to be a sign when his father died, and as an only child, he got the house and all the money in the will. For a short while, he would still have to commute into the city, but we hoped that he could find work locally. This house was a lot bigger than the apartment we had before. It was also a lot cheaper to live there. Location means everything. We had probably been there for about four months when I made the discovery. I had been washing my hands in the kitchen and taken off my wedding ring. When I went to put it back on, my hands were still wet and I dropped it. It rolled across the floor and went down a crack in the wood floorboards. I had to drop it there, didn't I? The only room with no carpet. Strangely, I heard the metal sound like it had dropped far away. It sounded like it struck something solid and made a ting sound. There must be a room or at least some kind of small compartment under the kitchen. It was strange that I hadn't seen any doors down to another level so I looked all around the house for some sort of a door or hatch. After not finding anything, I decided that there must be a trap door in the floor. The house was fully carpeted, apart from the kitchen, so I started going around the edges, trying to find a place where the carpet might be loose, as a clue to where the hatch was. It kept going through my mind that I had to drop it in the only room where my wedding ring could go off into the beyond. Why did I have the worst luck? I have to get it back. It meant so much to me. Craig would go mad anyway. It had been his mother's. I wish Craig was here to help. He was at work today in the city. The weather forecast wasn't looking good and he kept calling me for updates about what it was like where we lived. In the city, the snow could be coming down wet and melting on the pavement. But here we knew they had drifts and not even the sign of a gritter. I had a lovely stew in the slow cooker for him when he got back, and I'd wait until he got here. I was hoping that he'd be able to get out early. Everyone in the office knew that he had moved to the country. I hadn't met with the people from Craig's office yet. Craig had been married before, and they'd been very fond of his last wife. She socialised with everyone there a lot, he'd told me. I waited to enjoy the same relationship with them as she had. He said they needed time to get used to the idea of me. At the moment, he felt that some people would feel a little awkward. He didn't like to talk about it, so I didn't ask. But his father told me that she'd run off with a man who sold double lazing, and it was a subject we should keep off. From what I understood, Craig had not been lucky in love. Many failed relationships lay behind him, which he would not talk about. I agreed that all exes were best forgotten too.
We lived in the now and looked to the future. That was how we both liked it. An examination of the whole carpet revealed that it was quite loose one side and had obviously been pulled up several times. I felt like this was my best chance to get my ring back. It took me a long time to roll the carpet back. It's quite a spacious hall, and I wasn't very strong. I hoped it would go back down again and not make too much of a mess. I actually thought that Craig would be proud of me for doing this. At least I wouldn't be expecting him to do a day's work and then come back into a coal basement to try and find my wedding ring in the dark. In the dark. Yes, I just thought of that. What else could be in that basement? I wasn't really bothered about spiders, but I didn't want to come across any rats or mice. Definitely not. Once the carpet was up, the hatch in the floor was visible. The lid fitted quite tightly. No wonder we couldn't feel it as we walked down the hall. I went back into the kitchen for a knife to try and prise it open. When I did, finally managed to get it loose and flung it to one side. The smell that wafted up was quite pungent. Damp, musky and another weird smell. I was thinking my premonition of rats and mice was probably going to be right, unfortunately. Before I went down into the dark hole, I got a torch and a large wooden rolling pin. I planned to swish it about, perhaps bonk something on the head and scare it. I was determined not to kill anything alive down there. That wasn't what it was about. I could see the top few steps on the way down were made of wood that looked pretty sturdy. I hoped that they were all intact right to the bottom. I didn't need to fall and break my neck while there was no help in the house. I intended to make this as quick as possible. The cold really came up from the black mass below. I wondered when anyone had last been down there. The steps didn't look too dusty, but perhaps dust couldn't get through the whole carpet. That meant nothing. I began my descent, all the time with the torch flashing around my feet on the stairs and at the bottom of the basement, which came ever closer. Nothing scuttling about yet. Typically, as I got to the bottom, I heard my mobile ringing. That was probably Craig, saying that he was on his way home. I didn't even know if he knew that the basement was here. He hadn't mentioned it to me. We'd been here quite a few months, both of us discussing what changes and renovations we would like to make. I suggested turning one of the rooms into my craft room and said that a basement would have been ideal, and he never piped up then. He must be unaware. Perhaps my wedding ring accident had uncovered a pleasant surprise for Craig, something I knew about the house that had remained a secret until today. I swept my torch around the floor. I still couldn't see anything moving. I couldn't hear anything either, so that was all good. But I also couldn't see my wedding ring glinting up at me from anywhere. I moved over to the area that I felt was under the kitchen floorboards. I looked up and could see the slightest chink of light coming through. Yes, I was in the right place. I looked down and cast my torch around, so I could see nothing. I made the decision, as I now felt quite happy to be down here apart from being freezing, to go back up the ladder and call Craig. Get more light down here. Oh, and a coat. 
The wood was in excellent condition on the steps, and I was extremely thankful for that. Even though it smelled damp down here, the wood was dry and absolutely serviceable. When I got up to the top, first thing I did was put my coat on, as the cold coming through the hatch had begun to chill the rest of the house. I checked my phone. I had had a call from Craig, and when I hadn't replied, he had texted to say that he was coming home. The snow had started there already, and he would be back soon. I glanced at the window from where I stood in the middle of the kitchen and saw that it was snowing here too. Great big flakes. I walked over to the window. It was sticking on every surface. I hoped he got home before it got too bad. We had been camping that year, and I had quite a few camping lanterns, which were in a little room under the stairs. We had about eight of them, and they gave out a pretty bright light. There were no floodlights, but they should help me find my ring. I took the first few lanterns down, and was worried that it still wouldn't be enough. The floor was quite bare, and seemed to be constructed of concrete. It was actually quite clean. And now that we'd found this room, maybe we could insulate it and get proper steps going down. It'd make a great playroom when we had kids. I started to walk around the edges of the room now I had more lights and examined the corners. On one side, it was quite clear that there was nothing there, just the wall. The other side had items stored there and on closer inspection, I found my wedding ring. It must have dropped and rolled, resting against what looked to be a jar. Now I could see that there were shells from the top to the bottom of that wall. I moved a little further over to that side of the basement. There were lots of old preserving jars, full of ancient contents. These would be no good to eat now. I wondered what was in there. Perhaps Craig's mum had put some pickled onions down here or jam and forgot about them. I picked up the first jar. Inside the liquid, which I presumed was vinegar, was very dark. Something which was wrinkly, perished, and covered in furry balls of mould bumped against the glass. I wrinkled my nose. As I moved and my eyes got more used to what I was looking at, I could see that there were more of the same, probably over 50 jars. These would take some getting rid of. There was one thing, I definitely didn't want to repurpose them. There was a P written on this jar, in thick black pen. I suppose that meant pickles. Pickled what? I don't know. I noticed that there must have been about 10 jars with P on them. I still had no idea what was in them. As I walked a bit further along, I saw jars with K on them. What could be in these? I thought of all the vegetables that began with K. There weren't many. When I shook the jars, I saw something that looked a bit like a sausage inside. Perhaps it was some kind of weird carrot or asparagus or something. It had been in there so long that the colour had bleached out of it. It wasn't until the next one, with a letter C written on it, that I actually realised what I was looking at. There was a large jar amongst all these, which was too heavy to pick up. I turned it towards me, 
it quite clearly had a human head in there. I backed away from the jaws. I glanced to the areas I had not covered yet. I could see letter E's and I could see an A. I stepped back, lifted the lantern higher, and now that I knew what I was looking at, the contents of the jaws were recognisable. A foot, a hand, a head, a heart. It was a while until I was able to breathe. What the hell had gone on here? How long had this been down inside the basement? Who had owned this house before Craig's parents? I moved towards the hole to sanity and with shaking legs I went up the steps, leaving the lights down there. Shaking violently, I immediately pulled the hatch back into the hole. I didn't want to think about it. I knew that nothing down there was going to come and get me. Still, I didn't want to see it. Craig, I need you to come home, I thought. That was the only thing I was clear about. I went to my phone and it took me a while to actually work out how to use one. All of a sudden, I couldn't remember Craig's name. I couldn't remember how to find his number. I could hardly remember my name. I called him. It didn't connect. I sent a text. Ring emergency, I typed. I sent it, staring at the phone. Within a minute, the words, not delivered, came back. All that I could do now was sit and wait for him. I sat on the sofa, still in my coat. For a while, I didn't realise that I was rocking and twisting my wedding ring. I really wish it hadn't gone down there. I really wished I hadn't gone down there either. I wished I'd waited for Craig and that he'd found all that and I didn't have to have those pictures in my brain that I could never remove. It felt like a long time. Perhaps it was, perhaps it wasn't. But I finally heard him return. The muffled sound of Craig's car coming up the drive in the snow. It seemed to take forever to come into the house and I could hear him kicking snow off his shoes by the front door. I got up and dreamily began to walk towards the entrance. He would see that something had happened straight away, as the whole carpet was still rolled up. As well as that, when he came through the door, he knew that something was wrong just by looking at me. Sally, whatever's happened? You look like you've seen a ghost, Craig said. I wanted to tell him but the words wouldn't come out. I opened my mouth and found that my voice was not connected to my brain anymore. Instead, I pulled on his coat to bring him along with me. What happened to the carpet? Craig asked. I looked down at my wedding ring, then touched it. Somehow, I thought he'd work it out. Of course, how could he? Who would work out what happened to me this afternoon? I'd left the knife by the side of the hatch and I shoved it in there again to open it up. What are you doing? Craig asked. I lifted the flap and pointed down into the basement. Craig could see that there were lights down there. Craig looked shocked. 
He must have lived here all these years when he was a boy and not known about it. He went down the steps and now it was Craig's turn not to speak as he saw all the jars. I followed him down. Still, my knees shook and my legs felt like jelly, but now I felt better that I wasn't on my own and safe once again. I pointed out the jars silently. I walked and pointed specifically to the one that contained the girl's head. He walked to the other end of the basement, where I had found my ring, and the jar labelled with the letter P. Craig turned towards me. He nodded his head towards the jar. Posy, that was my first girlfriend. She used to laugh at me, Craig said. Erica was someone I went with for two years. She too timed me, Craig said, nodding to justify the fact that she was in a jar. Claire. Well, Claire broke my heart and I broke hers when she was dead, he commented. Casey, she was just a plain old tart. And then there is Andrea, my wife. You know, with Andrea, I was never enough for her. I just wasn't good enough. So I stuffed her in a jar. I stuffed them all in jars, Craig said proudly. I wished my voice would return. What I would have said, I do not know. If my legs could work, Perhaps I could have got away. I doubt it, though, and all that snow. Then there was the fact that the others hadn't managed to get away, either. Craig took my hand and pulled me to the end of the room and pointed to an empty space next to the row of jars. See, I've left room for you, darling Sally, he said. That was A Dark Christmas Tale, written and read by Angela Blythe. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about further stories in this series or my other work, please go to www.angelablythe.com.